0: And hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. Friends, Torch Report 310, The More Things Change. Of course, you've probably heard it said that the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Uh, And today we're going to kind of go back a little bit and connect some dots because I had the opportunity. uh, I was driving... Had a little bit of a road trip here the other day, and I was listening to some of the podcasts, some of the old, you know, go back a year. What what was going on in the world a year ago? Where was my podcast at? What was the reports going out? I was cranking out a year ago, and I I came across Torch Report sixty three was actually. Episode 63, at that point in time, it was still the Good Morning Goldendale podcast. It was before uh, the, the People's Convoy and the expansion of the national audience and all that kind of stuff. But Torch Report 63, Who Should We Trust? was published February 21st, 2022. And I want to share a little excerpt with you here. It says, Allegations of misinformation, disinformation, and fake news are lobbed about without any accountability. These labels allow low-information individuals, those who haven't the time or inclination to think for themselves, to hide behind the authority of state propaganda. But as common sense makes clear, not everybody gets to be right. And that means when the two sides are presenting diametrically opposed perspectives, telling the public radically different stories, someone is either grossly misinformed or being blatantly dishonest. Instinct indicates the latter. Let's not forget that the communist manifesto expressly states the intent to destroy every aspect of existing society by lying and concealing their intentions with twisted language that has a hidden higher socialistic interpretation and all of that. In short, they admit to being deceitful pause. Now, obviously we've talked a lot about commie tactics, commie mind control, all that kind of stuff, how they're using the twisted language. We talk about that a lot. Um, isn't it interesting that we are still maybe it's it's more prominent and prevalent than ever before, this diametrically opposed perspective, these different stories that are being told. It's insane how divided, how polarized, completely opposite people's perspectives are. And it seems like there's, there's a, you know, I don't know, you know, an infinite divide. There's this vast chasm between the two sides or warring camps. Uh, Let's just say the left and the right or the Democrats and Republicans. I don't like those labels actually. Let me take that back because I think that the Democrats and Republicans, uh, though they do stand for you know different things, at the end of the day, at the at the level of leadership at the national level, they're just one big uniparty. So that's my perspective on that. But uh, again, you know, been talking about this stuff for over a year, and it does seem like it continues to. To grow that chasm has only grown in the last year. Continuing on from the excerpt from Torch Report 63, Who Should We Trust?, I say it is within this framework of intentional deception that we wade into the headlines. The world is set for war. Bloodthirsty Russia is ready to stage a false flag event just to justify an extremely violent invasion of Ukraine, terrorizing the LGBTQ plus community and rounding up anti-corruption activists and vulnerable populations, at least according to UN ambassador Bathsheba Nell Crocker. What a crock. Ah, coming from the ambassador Nell Crocker, Bathsheba Nell Crocker, you know, oh Putin, he's a, he's guy, he's, he's so anti-democratic. I mean, he's gonna go round up all the gay people, I don't even know what you know. So that was going on a year ago, according to the Office of the High Commissioner on Human Rights. These are violations of the International Bill of Human Rights. These rights as enshrined in numerous declarations and covenants created by the global cabal are subject to certain limitations now what was going on back at the beginning of the war was was you know, Putin was, they were saying Putin's, you know, he's doing all these things. It's he can't do that. You know, he can't round up all the gay people. There's no evidence that he actually did round up all the gay people by the way, but they're saying that Putin, the evil Russian tyrant was, you know, violating human rights and he was violating the international bill of human rights. That was the, the information there. Of course, lots of links there friends in the report to go back and confirm this, but They're talking about all of these international declarations and covenants, and we're going to get to the uh, the current international covenant. You know, this upcoming treaty with the WHO, the World Health Organization, trying to you know claim sovereignty over nations in the state of an emergency. Okay, get to that in a second. But these these limitations in these uh, international treaties and such are, are subject to this, and this is a direct quote coming right out of the UN. Ah uh, what what uh, what is it called? <laughs> not the the u n treaty, I guess, but it says this. It says rights may not be exercised contrary to the purpose and principles of the United Nations. So you you know, yes, there's basic human rights out there. There's all these rights and you know all that kind of stuff, but the rights may not be exercised contrary to the purpose and principles of the United Nations. Yes. Nations and you know, you know, nation states. They, you have some sovereignty. Yes, 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 yes. Now I understand you have to deal with your national political environment, and and yes, of course, there's some national right to uh, rule your country the way you want. But those rights may not be exercised contrary to the purpose and the principles of the United Nations. I was point out. I was pointing that out a year ago here. Thus, the global government assumes the authority to decide what rights we have when we get to exercise those rights and whether or not these current circumstances justify the government suspending these rights because of the exigencies of the situation. This is no small claim, friends, and it is not to be overlooked. These documents have been on the books for over 70 years. They, uh, you know, Those who have been clamoring for world government have been at it for a long, long time, and they've come a long, long way, incrementally encroaching upon national sovereignty and subversively eroding individual liberties as they seek to develop global citizens. Period. End of the excerpt, friends. One year year later. How does this relate to current events? Well, you know, for starters, it, it relates to shows the World Health Organization's attempt to centralize authority over U.S. pandemic response policies. Okay, now there's a handful of Republican senators, I believe it's 17 Republican senators who are starting to push back against the World Health Organization trying to you know take control of our country essentially uh last week those 17 senators introduced the the uh no who pandemic preparedness treaty without senate approval act which <laughs> who knows is that is that uh is that proposed legislation to to limit the who's authority over the US in pandemics is that going to go anywhere It says, you know, it it is meant to, it is intended to require a two-thirds supermajority to consent with the new treaty, but the new treaty is going to be passed here pretty quick. So if this doesn't get through the Senate really fast, then it's not going to even come to bear. So I do think it's a little bit of posturing. I don't think they're actually going to be able to stop it. But the point that I want to make out uh, make clear here today is that these things are already on the books. So people are starting to squawk about it. Like, oh no, they're going to, they're going to take over our sovereignty. No, they already have. Okay. (laughs) They already have, at least in the minds of the global cabal. And, of course, they're, they're, you know, lapdog politicians within American politics and all both parties, both parties, you know, and all around the globe. They've penetrated the cabinets, you know. Now, as for this new treaty, this treaty itself, put a link there in the report today. You can go check it out. It would, of course, be legally binding, and it would force countries to submit to the central role of the WHO as the directing and coordinating authority on international health work. That's a direct quote. from the the treaty itself. And that makes the WHO, the WHO, the ultimate authority on things like lockdowns, on things like vaccines, supply chains, surveillance, and most notably, it makes the WHO the global authority on disinformation and false news, period. That's a direct quote right out of their stuff. Now, I have to emphasize here that the WHO is trying to immunize humanity against misinformation. Never forget there's a small group of people who's trying to immunize humanity against misinformation. If you think about what that means, it means they're trying to, you know, uh, essentially take control of what people think, right? If if they can control the information, they want to immunize humanity against misinformation. It's thought control is what it is. It's brainwashing, period. This latest treaty is just another angle for them to formalize the authority that they're assuming for themselves the authority for global censorship, which, of course, as we've pointed out and talked about, it's already happening. It has been happening for years. Uh, we've discussed this at length. And I offer a lot more commentary on this and insight into how they're pulling all of this off in uh, Torch Report 102, a crash course in propaganda. And in, in that report, I put a bunch of links for exploration and it was all going to the WHO website at, uh, you know, the WHO, the World Immunization Week, their media propaganda kit, you know, controlling risk perception Infodemic Management Conference, WHO training to combat misinformation, how they guide our leaders and keep them in lockstep, all of that's there. If you really uh, if you really want to dig into the propaganda, go look at that, start poking around, um, or just go back and listen to Torch Report 102, a crash course in propaganda. But as I was looking at that today, I've got all kinds of reports on the who, how the who takes over the world, you know, the one agenda to rule them all and all this stuff. And as I'm going back and looking at it, I'm like, wow, this is pretty good stuff. You know, curiosity got the best of me here. So I had to click through and check out these sources again. Like I want to go back and and brush up on the primary sources again. And on the World Immunization Week's webpage, there was a poem and it's so poetic. And of course, this is from April of last year. Uh, World Immunization Week will be coming up again here. uh, What, you know, six weeks or so. But declaring that vaccines have been indiscriminately saving lives since 1796. That's right out of the poem on the Who's website. Wow, vaccines have been indiscriminately saving lives since 1796. And I thought, zoics, you know, in light of this week's investigation into the crime of vaccinations, that's the title of that book we've been uh, digging into. I was reflecting on the fact that You know, vaccines have been indiscriminately saving lives since 1796. That's an utter farce, you know. Reflecting on that utter farce was almost sickening to me. Vaccines have been indiscriminately destroying lives for hundreds of years. And they are being obsessively pushed right now, today, as the ultimate solution to everything. If we just get another, you know, another booster, another jab, another shot, you know. Uh, But, of course, pointing all of that out. You know, I'm sure that's misinformation, and that's probably why, uh, you know, I got a strong headwind in building the audience here, and why I'm so grateful, friends, uh, that those of you who choose to subscribe, who support this publication through the Patriot Club, deeply, deeply grateful. And, of course, the greatest honor of all is when you share the Torch Report with your friends, with your family, share it on social media, get it out there, because the algorithms really don't want people getting this information. I believe that that's true. Uh, Of course, there's lots of information out there, so please and thank you for helping me uh, share this. Now, all of the claims about vaccines saving countless lives; those claims can be refuted on the basis of empirical evidence and historical data, as we've as we've been looking at this week. We saw it in yesterday's report, uh, where there were there were doctors in the very beginning, back in the smallpox time, late 1800s, going and they're. Reporting to the Royal Vaccine Commission, look at the data. This is this, you know, the more people are dying are vaccinated, not the unvaccinated and all this kind of stuff. And so we could we could challenge the claim that vaccines have saved, you know, indiscriminately saved countless lives by looking at that. Or I think there's a better method of kind of coming at it from a different angle, piercing this methodical illusion with a simple question. How do you know that you would have died without the vaccination? This is something you might ask somebody who's been vaxxed up, right? How do you know that you would have died without the vaccination? How do you know you wouldn't have just contracted and defeated the disease naturally? You know, developed your own robust immunity. You know, how do you know that you wouldn't have steered clear and never been affected, infected with the disease? Lots and lots of uh, evidence, again coming from the book, other books. By the way, I got a whole. I, I, don't know. I don't know you know, I've probably got a dozen or so books on vaccinations. I've been studying vaccines uh, for a long time since, since, you know, for the last 16 years, right. Since my kid was a little, you know, baby and they would want to stick needles and I'm like, God yeah, let me time out. What are you putting in there? You know, that's what got me started looking into it. At any rate, that's a little bit of a side note there, but how do you know <laughs> again, you know, that, that if you didn't get vaccinated, you would die, right? Because people who are vaccinated still get sick and die. That's an undeniable fact. And there are people who never get vaccinated who never, ever get sick, even though they're hanging out with sick people all the time. That is also a fact. So obviously you may not get sick and you may not die even without the vaccination. So what's the benefit Really? How do you know that you would have died without the vaccination? And, you know, is there any way to know for sure that any of these vaccines are producing any benefits whatsoever? I, 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 Oh, I don't believe so friends. I don't believe so. And I don't say that lightly. Okay. It's all speculation. It's, it's a perceived benefit. Oh, I got the shot. And that way I didn't get sick and die. Well, how do you know you didn't, you wouldn't have got sick or you would not have died if you didn't get the shot. You don't know that, you know? Um, it's all speculation again, perceived benefit. It's a firmly held belief that the vaccines are safe and effective. The vaccines are safe and effective. That is born directly from the crafty propaganda put out the, by those people who do undeniably benefit from the jabs, right? They profit from the jabs. They profit and pill for the public's trust. You know, the whole damn sham disgusts me friends. It disgusts me, but I do feel inclined still to say I could always be wrong. I am, in fact, just an ignorant peasant. So maybe the vaccines really are safe and effective. Maybe everything that I've read and studied and all the other doctors who would say otherwise are wrong, you know. I'm just saying that there really isn't any proof. It isn't any real proof, aside from the speculation and propaganda, that there yeah, there is any benefit in the vaccines at all. But there is a ton of evidence to the contrary, not the least of which is the millions upon millions of adverse reactions and people falling over dead to this day from forced experimental injections. So anyway, I am I'm over it. I'm over it (laughs) for now. I'm over it. I'm going to set it aside. Let it go, Luke. Let it go. Back to the flashback. Rights may not be exercised contrary to the purpose and principles of the United Nations. What the vast majority of people in America and around the world, including American politicians, I might add, remain completely ignorant to is the fact that these international treaties have been on the books for decades you know essentially the us government has already signed over its sovereignty and at any time that our government fails to fall in line there are penalties imposed there are funds withheld and there is a pernicious purging of problematic politicians you know this is the shadow work of the global cabal friends these people are in fact evil it's on par uh, with the mysterious Arkanside phenomenon. You guys familiar with this Arkinside phenomenon? I put a link there. There's a lot of cases that back this up, uh, but that's where those who, anybody who's, you know, crossed certain powerful people, suddenly they decide to go commit suicide a la Epstein style. And that, that Arkanside phenomenon is back in the headlines today. According to police, it's funny that it's in the headlines today because the, the actual crime happened over uh, almost a year ago. But according to police, Top Bill Clinton advisor, Mr. Mark Middleton, was found hanging from a tree with an extension cord around his neck, and apparently he'd been shot in the chest with a shotgun, though there was no shotgun found at the scene of the crime. Now, naturally, when the cops walk up and they see a guy hanging from a tree with an extension cord around his neck, and he's been shot in the chest, there's no gun laying around anywhere, naturally, this was ruled a suicide. Now, the fact that Middleton had signed Jeffrey Epstein into the White House 17 times during Clinton's presidency, or that he was a frequent flyer on the infamous Lolita Express, you know, really, that has nothing to do with the story at all. Don't even know. Don't even know. That doesn't matter, you know. But what matters is that bad things happen to good people, you know, and that guy, guy, guy must have lost his grip on reality and decided to go out there and hang himself and shoot himself and then hide the gun before the police got there. Now, <clears throat> the point I'm getting at here is that there are powerful people in the world. And some of these powerful people are evil. Okay. We always got to remember evil exists. And some of these powerful people are evil. And some of these powerful evil people are currently working together to enslave humanity and call the herd. Okay. They've been working on this for a really long time. We've talked about it at length. So I'm stating it simply as a matter of fact, this fact has been well substantiated in the collective mind of the global cabal. You do not have any rights that they don't expressly give you. Okay. You can't exercise any rights contrary to the principles of the United Nations. Okay. You don't have the right to leave your house and see your family. If they decide to declare a lockdown, for example. Okay. You don't have the right to eat red meat, to own property or to drive your car because they've decided such behavior is unsustainable. For example, you don't have the right to read your favorite books or, you know, listen to your favorite shows unless the state says they're safe. And maybe they've rewritten it a little bit. So that's not, you know, it's a politically correct, you know, and they've determined that you're not mistakenly consuming misinformation that might lead you to radicalization. For example, okay, they've decided that you don't have those rights. By the way, <laughs> we've been talking about the, uh, those books being rewritten. I just noticed the time there, uh, going to enjoy a few more minutes here with you guys. Uh, have you heard how people who defend free speech have shown, they've tested these people, you know, anyway, people who defend free speech have higher cognitive abilities. That's a study out there. Oh, wow. How flattering of my own ego, you know, uh, evidently. It takes a certain degree of intelligence to comprehend that having government officials telling you what you can and cannot do and, and what you can and cannot think and what you can and cannot say, evidently understanding that is a bad thing, you know, that requires a certain degree of intelligence. I mean, who knew? I kind of thought it was common sense, you know. But that was back before I began learning about psychological warfare and the subconscious taming that's been happening For years and, you know, the decades of institutional indoctrination that's proven to be so highly effective at churning out an ignorant horde of apathetic domesticated schmucks, you know, (laughs) that was back. I used to believe in common sense, but now I realize, you know, this is this is what we're dealing with, this woke army of useful idiots who fall prey to and are leveraged by the cunning commie cabal. Anyway, friends. <laughs> yeah. Exactly one year ago today, February twenty-third, twenty twenty-two, I published Torch Report 65, The Responsibility to Protect. And it was focused on the idea that the concepts concepts are contagious. And that was, you know, nearly a year before I'd ever heard of memetics, you know, studied mental viruses, and you know, the form memes as a form of mental warfare. But I realized, you know, co- concepts are contagious. We're talking about this, you know, most insidious thought contagion was this idea that we have the responsibility to protect everyone from everything. One year ago today, I said we are told that the world has a responsibility to protect the Ukrainian people, or more accurately more accurately, the secret US interests in the region. This is a pattern. The truth is we have a responsibility to protect all kinds of people from all kinds of things. We have to protect people everywhere from preventable death and disease. We have to protect women from being oppressed. We must protect minorities from discrimination. We must protect the planet from humanity. You get the picture. That expert excerpt, again, one year ago. And after pointing out how this language comes directly from the United Nations, uh, from the International Coalition for the Responsibility to Protect, you know, I pointed out one more obvious but often overlooked truth. I want to leave you with this today, friends. Powerful people are in the position to offer the most protection. Which is why when they promise protection, entire populations swoon. This is how, through government protection, we the peasants may escape the fate of impending doom. We can only be safe if the government protects us. Thus, all of our fears can finally be assuaged. until the next round, of course, of stimulating propaganda sends us fearfully scurrying back into the arms of our powerful protectors. This is the cycle, friends. It was the responsibility to protect the Ukrainians that kicked off the ongoing march toward the next world war it was the responsibility to protect that's been used to justify years of medical tyranny all around the globe and it's the responsibility to protect that fuels the who's insatiable thirst for power driving their relentless efforts to consolidate and control the entire effing world friends the more things change the more they stay the same and that is the message in my heart for today friends if you're enjoying this podcast Please take the time to find that little heart. Click that heart. It's on the, uh, on the app or on the, on the website. You click that heart, it give me some love. Makes my heart soar like a hawk, friends. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. If you have not subscribed already, you can help support this publication by joining the Patriot Club and get some access to some stellar special reports. And, of course, the greatest honor of all, friends, is if you share this podcast with everyone you know, get out there and embrace the thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. Friends, if you have a little time today, uh, I recommend going back and listening to Torture Report 65, The Responsibility to Protect – The content is as timely today as it was a year ago, friends. That's all I got to say. Get out there and embrace this day, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.